Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Sitting in the hot desert sun You've been told You'd be on the run Down to Egypt To Pharaoh's town To Rome and Spain And many other lands But you open your door To tired men Lonely passes by And angels from heaven Your kindness and your care Were known far and wide Father of a nation Your soul is alive Abraham Are we the children that you dreamed of? Are we that shining star Call you a Venu. Our Father, our bride, we got your soul inside. Take us home. Take us home.
days of war have finally passed. One man took on a sacred task to bring the scattered Jewish children home. He traveled far from place to place, a quest to reignite the faith of those sent into hiding long ago. The fortress, Korean cult Your kind is not among us He was told Shinnipa, he whispered Please don't let me fail As he began to sing
J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning broadcast at Shlomo Katz, of course. We'll send that out to a listener, Terry, who is a missing Israel and loves J.M. in the A.M. Those are the two, the two most well-known things about Terry. She hates being outside of Israel, and she loves listening to J.M. in the A.M. no matter where in the world she is. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Uh, Avram Fried before that with Kapara. Ufarats, that was Rogers Park. Yaakov Shweki with the English medley. Avraham and Yalili, done by Eighth Day. Yassi Green had Hatov, and of course, Regesh. Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this 26th of June, 23rd of Sivan, the year 5779, Tufshin Ayan Tess. Uh, 72 degrees here in New York with 85% humidity, winds in northeast at 2 miles per hour. Sunny today with a high of 88, then tonight mostly clear, low 71. Tomorrow, sunshine and a high temperature. Of 90 degrees. Um, right now, Yerushalayim at 90.1. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Masora, who are busily preparing for their staff orientation, they're at 55 degrees. We're at 72 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Uh, well, we love being at the forefront of what's happening in this world, and many of you know what's happening in Bahrain as we speak. And um, 
And Rabbi Schneier, who was there, who's part of the delegation, of course, and who has an unbelievable relationship with the crown prince and has been in Bahrain uh, multiple times, is going to join us from there about a half hour from now, which is pretty cool. Uh, So he'll join us and we'll get a, a perspective of somebody who's there on the ground witnessing and participating in everything that's going on. That'll be happening again um, about 7.10 Eastern time right here at JM in the AM. Very much looking forward to it. Um, I want to thank those who've been donating to fjbunity.org. I see listener Devora uh, just posted a, um, a donation. I thank her very much, and we'll uh, thank her in more detail about, uh, well, about an hour from now. Matas is going to join me, and we'll ask everybody to seriously consider us as a priority when it comes to a fundraising and contributions. After all, there are so many in this incredible community of people that tune into NSN. Uh, we are hoping that uh, the majority of them, if not all of them, who are tuned in right now and tuned in throughout the day will uh, consider a donation to us. Such an important uh, method to keep us going here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Wednesday morning, it's JM in the AM, and uh, this is brand new. I don't think we've played this on JM in the AM yet. It is brand new from our friend Sandy Shmueli, Manginat Chayai Acharon at JM in the AM. Chirai ani ashir, zohi manginat chayai. Ad yomi ha'acharon, zohi manginat chayai. Vani b'tuk masa, ve'aderech aruka. En alod notar esa, ta'emet ani emtza. Zohimangina Trayai, Ledarki Holechitra, 
זוהי מנגינת חיי. ואני בתוך מסע, והדרך הארוכה, אין אלון עוד בשמיים מחוברות לפני המלך הקדוש. ירדו לעולם זו מזו נפרדות, מחכות עד הזמן הנכון. שתי נשמות קדושות שם בשמיים מחוברות לפני המלך הקדוש. ירדו לעולם זו מזו נפרדות מחכות עד הזמן הנכון. ברוך שמגיע יומך ופעם, הקלע יוצר כל הנשמות, מחבר אותם כבר ראשונה, ונעשות נשמה
Kolion <laughs>
A reminder about 10 minutes from now, we're going to be uh, 
in touch with Bahrain. Bahrain. Rabbi uh, Mark Schneier is there. He's part of the delegation, and we will get a uh, full report from him about some of the things he's observed uh, during this big Medes Peace Conference. Ten minutes from now, looking forward to it. It should be interesting. If you've seen the uh, the pictures and the uh, updates from there, uh, you know there's plenty to talk about. It's Wednesday here at JM and the AM. Shlomi Kaufman and company with Ivdu. You heard Uri Davidi brand new with Muhanim. We're making arrangements for him to visit here at JM in the AM. Abishter, that's Ellie Schwebel. Avi Perez had Neshama Achat. And brand new Sandy. Sandy Shmueli with Manginat. Chayai here at JM in the AM. Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. with our news from Israel coming up. Will there be a uh, cancellation of the new election? And they'll revert back to the results of the first election? Who knows? Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, next. Galitzal, Yerushalayim, Shalom Rav, Asha Ashtayim, Kanran Yavnai, Imash Shikori Achshav. הרקע הניסיונות לביטול הבחירות, יאיר לפיד, מקום שני ברשימת כחול לבן מבהיר, נסכים לממשלת אחדות, אך לא עם נתניהו. אני מבין שאנשים מתקשים לקבל את זה, אז אני אגיד זה פשוט ובעיקר לאט שיהיה קל לתפוס. אנחנו לא נשב עם נתניהו. אנחנו נשמח מאוד לממשלת אחדות ברשות כחול לבן עם הליכוד, לא עם נתניהו. לראש כחול לבן בני גנץ מכנס מסיבת עיתונאים בעוד שעתיים. כתבתנו טל זרביב מזכירה. כי מוקדם יותר הכחיש ראש הממשלה נתניהו את הדיווחים שלפיהם קיים הליכוד מגעים עם כחול לבן על ממשלת אחדות. האם לנפתלי בנט יש מקום בבית היהודי? בטקס חילופי שרים במשרד החינוך, רמז השר הנכנס, הרב רפי פרץ לבנט, כטייס, אני יודע שיש לסייע ללוחמים על הקרקע, כך זה גם בפוליטיקה. כתבנו דורון קדוש שמע אותו. אנחנו יודעים להגיע בחיל, יודעים לשלשל חבל לחירניקים שצריכים את עזרתנו. הדרך אולי שונה בחלק מהדברים, אבל בדבר אחד בטוח לשנינו יש אינטרס משותף. טובת התלמיד, טובת המורה, ואגב נפתלי, גם בפוליטיקה זה ככה בינינו. פרסום ראשון, רק רבע מהחקירות בעניין אלימות שוטרים בשנת 2017 הבשילו לכתבי אישום. מדווחת כתבתנו ליה ספילקין. מהנתונים עולה שבשנת 2015 פחות מ-15% מהתיקים במחלקה לחקירות שוטרים בעניין אלימות הגיעו לכדי כתב אישום. עוד עולה שבשנת 2017 חלה עלייה, אך עדיין רק כרבע מהתיקים הנחקרים הסתיימו בהעמדת שוטרים לדין פלילי. במחש טוענים שהפער נובע מהשוני בחקירת שוטרים לעומת חקירת אזרחים. יחידת להב 433 פשטה הבוקר על משרדי חברת השדלנות לובינג גלעד בחשד לעבירות בתחום טוהר המידות. כתבתנו עדה שטייף מציינת כי בחיפוש החרימה המשטרה מסמכים וחומרי מחשב. שלושה חשודים נחקרים כעת באזהרה. מבקר המדינה היוצא יוסף שפירא תוקף את ניסיונות הקואליציה לייצר את סמכויותיו. בכנס מבקרי הרשויות המקומיות אמר שפירא כי הצעת החוק בנושא שהועלתה במושב הקודם על ידי השר בצלאל סמוטריץ' עלולה לפגוע בביקורת. הסכנה העיקרית הטמונה בניסיון למנוע בחקיקה ביקורת בזמן אמת הינה היעדר הגדרה מהי ביקורת בזמן אמת. עמימות זו עלולה להביא גופים מבוקרים מסוימים, בעיקר אלה שאינם מקבלים את הביקורת בברכה, לעכב את תהליכי הביקורת בתואנות שווא ואף להביא לעיונה. מדבר אביבי כתבנו יובל הראל. 
ילדה בת ארבעה במצב קשה לאחר שנחנקה בגן ילדים. כתבנו לענייני בריאות מאיר מרציאנו. הילדה נחנקה ככל הנראה כתוצאה מהענבים שאכלה בגן. כוחות מגן דוד אדום מצאו אותה ללא דופק וללא הכרה, אך הצליחו לשלוף את הענב מגרונה. לאחר מספר דקות הכוחות הצליחו להחזיר לילדה את הדופק ופינו אותה לבית החולים לניאדו שבנתניה במצב קשה. מזג האוויר חם ויבש, אוויל במישור החוף, מחר יתקרר מעט, אך יוסיף להיות חם מהרגיל. אלה החדשות שעורך ניר שוויד. אני הולך עם ראש למעלה, כל אחד הוא בן או בת של מלך. ככה היה, וככה זה גם עלה, יהודי עם נשמה בוערת. בכל מקום ובכל ארץ, לא רוצה שיהיה אחרת. יהודי עני, זה מה שהוא נצחי. בני אברהם, יצחק ויעקב, בני ישראל בני פרידמן, 
Ivry Anochi, Wednesday morning. It's JM and the AM, seven minutes after seven o'clock. Well, we told you that Rabbi Mark Schneier has uh, graciously um, agreed to join us this morning from Bahrain. Believe it or not, he is uh, he is there. Well, that's not hard to believe because he's there pretty often. And he's one of the participants in uh, what is being uh, viewed as a historic, and no doubt it is, a historic gathering on the topic of peace and prosperity in the Middle East. Rabbi Mark Schneier, who is the rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue and has been involved in um, intercultural and religious relationships for decades. Rabbi Schneier, a pleasure to welcome you from Bahrain. Thanks for joining us here at JM in the AM. Good morning to you. I guess we'll start with what's most important likely to both of us, and that is that there was a gathering of Jews, I mean many people from around the world who are there with you to participate and to witness what's going on, and nobody forgot their tradition uh, at home where they came from. You participated and saw uh, and had the minyanim. (laughs) We saw the photos of the services taking place, and I guess that's a good place to start, that no matter where you might end up, Baruch Hashem, uh, the core of the uh, people who are representing our community remember their tradition and heritage. Well, let me correct you. It, it was not Minyanim. It was a Minyan. Right. Uh, this was the first daily Minyan held in the Bahrain Synagogue. It's Bahrain is the only state uh, in the Gulf region, among the six Gulf states, to have an indigenous Jewish community. It's the only Gulf country to have a synagogue building, a synagogue structure that um, is not in use. Uh, The community that only uh, numbers 37 members uh, will use the shul on different holidays. They'll get together on Purim, but it's not in either daily or Shabbat use. Um, and it's a very small group of uh, Jewish dignitaries and personalities that are here. There are seven Israeli journalists. That is all another story, which is quite significant. Right. Um, but you have, um, you know, I'm here by uh, colleagues from the Wiesenthal Center, uh, Marvin Heyer and uh, A.B. Cooper here, uh, Jason Greenblatt, also to in the Minion this morning. Um, so we had about uh, 15 men <laughs> uh, present at the Minion and uh, at the end of the davening, you know, we were dancing around the Bima, uh, singing uh, Am Yisrael Chai. So as we would say, Nisim Beniflaot, uh, that here we are in uh, Bahrain, um, Bahrain, where you know His Majesty the King is so proud of his Jewish community and is so beneficent, you know, to his uh, community. Um, it was quite um, an experience this morning. I could only imagine. Right? Mark Schneier is with us, with us from Bahrain. Is there a way to determine Rabbi Schneier, or to conjecture at this point? If this conference is accomplishing much, is there a way for you, uh, based on your observation and participation, to draw a conclusion at this point about the progress that has been made? I think tremendous progress has been made, great momentum that's going to propel this peace process forward. And 
as much as this is a Trump administration initiative, it is also a Gulf state initiative. I've heard from several Gulf leaders uh, in the past few years, you know, Rabbi, in terms of addressing the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, we need as the first step to address the economic empowerment uh, for the Palestinian people and to bring them the economic sustenance and stability and security and, and, and economic opportunities. And uh, it's quite, quite an initiative, you know, to bring the Palestinian economy uh, $50 billion to create 1 million jobs. And many of us, uh, you know, m m myself included, you know, feel very, very strongly about the way to resolve this conflict once and for all is to give the Palestinian people a sense of economic and financial hope. What I also found very encouraging, very refreshing here at the conference that I've heard from Gulf leaders how focused they are in addressing the economic plight of the Palestinian people, but we heard from uh, quite a few prominent Arab business leaders how they also support this, initi this initiative, how they also want to you know, participate in the economic growth of the Palestinian economy. I, I would I believe that you know the Trump administration is step on, is spot on in terms of uh, making you know the first step in the process uh, addressing um, the economics for the Palestinian people. I would guess if the uh, Gulf state representatives that you cite are as optimistic as you say, uh, then they must be frustrated at the fact that PA leadership has essentially boycotted the event. Well, they're frustrated because, you know, there are other driving forces now in the region that are propelling and, 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 and that are going to, you know, bring the, the momentum uh, to making this deal. You know, I have often said no tension, no deal, and, and there's quite a lot of tension going on here in the region. You know, first you have the existentialist threat of Iran, which both the Gulf and Israel share. Then the Gulf itself is going through an economic transformation. There's a diminishing demand for oil. Um, and because of that, you know, Saudi Arabia and Qatar and others need to transform their economies. They're looking to Israel to be that partner. They look to Israel as the great startup nation with the brain trust and technology. You know, I've heard from, uh, you know, from the crown prince of Saudi Arabia to the emir of Qatar, you know, they, they've all said to me, you know, Rabbi, with our resources and wealth and Israel's technology, we can develop the most powerful economic region in the world. And finally, there is a great intense desire on the part of Gulf leaders to strengthen their bilateral relations with the United States. So you have these, not only have these external factors that are coming into play, it's that tension that's driving this process, that's generating the momentum, recognizing that, you know, the number one obstacle is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and why this needs to be addressed and resolved once and for all. I can't resist but to ask you about the, uh, about the philosophical angle to what you just told us. Uh, it must be, for somebody like yourself, from a traditional Jewish home, a post-Holocaust traditional Jewish home, uh, to hear the words from Gulf state leaders that with their resources and Israel's technology and their startup nation 
uh, a category uh, that they that they can go ahead and accomplish what they want to accomplish. I mean, that that must just be it must be surreal to you. Speak of Nisim and Iflaot, it must be incredible for you to hear those words uh, just a few decades after the world was after a good part of the world was ready to completely destroy us, and just years, if not months, after after Israel would be viewed as the enemy by so many of these states. And you hear those words, what goes through your mind? Listen, it's quite extraordinary, but, you know, this is only, it's not a question of them articulating these words, but it's also a, uh, these are the sentiments and the gestures that are coming from uh, their hearts. Uh, And they are very, uh, they're very genuine, and uh, they're very authentic in terms of expressing uh, these sentiments, and even when it comes to Israel, it's only a question of respect and admiration. There's a certain reverence to what the state of Israel has accomplished uh, now in uh, 70, what is it, 71 years, um, and how if you look at every major ranking of you know, U.S. News and World Report, Time, you name it. Israel's you know, one of the top eight yep. or nine countries you know, economically, militarily. You know, Israel is a mighty, mighty force. And, and look, it was the king of Bahrain who sent me in 2016 on one of my many visits you know, with him in the palace where he said to me, Rabbi, our only guarantee for a strong moderate Arab voice in the Gulf is a strong Israel. They see Israel as their partner. They see Israel as their partner militarily. They see Israel as their partner economically. The Gulf states are committed to the Palestinian people. They are committed uh, to a Palestinian state, whatever whatever form that might take. But But there are other issues that are, uh, you know, far more threatening at this point, and they want to get the Israeli-Palestinian conflict off the table. I must tell you, the fact that even Qatar um, had their Minister of Finance here last evening is is a very significant statement, because there is a raging conflict. I'm very, very, you know, familiar, because I'm I'm kind of on both sides of the conflict. There is a raging conflict between, you know, Qatar and Saudi Arabia, you know, with uh, the Emirates and Bahrain, and the fact that the Minister of Finance, my friend uh, Al-Amadi, was here, and in Bahrain was, was a testament to the fact that the GCC, they see the Israeli Palestinian issue as a paramount challenge um, that even transcends political and ideological differences here in the Gulf. So as this conference, or when this conference ends, you're telling us that you feel the momentum from these days and the momentum from these discussions and negotiations could bring some serious resolution to some of the uh, conflicts and issues in the Middle East, and that under the Trump administration, uh, there could be real success in the Israel-Palestinian conflict compared to uh, uh, previous administrations that really were not able to make much progress. Listen, I, I applaud the efforts of uh, Jared Kushner, Jason Greenblatt. Uh, $50 billion is a lot of money 
to pour into um, this Palestinian economy, creating one million jobs. It's all about creating a better life for the Palestinian people. The fact that uh, having this economic security and having these economic opportunities would put the Palestinians also in a very, very different state of mind. So you have the economic side. You also have the tensions now in the region coming from Iran and also economic transformations in the Gulf. It's either a question of all these forces or the perfect storm, however you want to slice it. But it now is the time to take advantage of all these conditions and once and for all put an end to the Israeli-Palestinian and, and the economic investment, you're saying, is a key to that. The economic investment, which many people... Not, not, only, not only is it a key, all right, but I'm a great believer, it is the necessary first step. It must be the first step. You cannot expect people to come to the table to discuss their political future when they don't even know when they're, where their next meal is coming from. When, when they go to sleep at night in Gaza, they don't even know if they're going to have electricity or power or water in the morning. They're just, they're, there's no economic stability. You need to restore economic health to then take on some of the other challenges here. So I think that the Trump administration is, is spot on in terms of addressing the economics of the Palestinian people. I know we got to let you go, but, but do, you, do, you, do you feel, uh, based on what you're observing there, that Israeli representatives, and, and likely those in Jerusalem as well, uh, share the same optimism? It's like a love fest. You have to see what's going on here. You know, with some of the Israeli uh, business, uh, they're not representative Israeli business leaders, you know, engaged in uh, conversations with, um, uh, you know, Arab uh, business leaders. You know, there's some Palestinian business leaders. Uh, we have the director general of Sheba Medical Center, the largest uh, medical, you know, center and hospital in Israel, which was just ranked by Newsweek as one of the top ten in the world. It's the largest one in the Middle East, exploring different initiatives, you know, with the Bahrainians, with, 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 with the Emirates. It, it's a very... Very exciting time, very exciting time, and it comes down to wanting to make a better life for the Palestinian people and bringing some peace and tranquility and serenity to this region. Fascinating, right? Mark Schneier, rabbi of the Hampton Synagogue, president of the Foundation for Ethnic Understanding, speaking with us from Bahrain. I would assume that uh, of all the representatives from uh, outside of Israel, you've been to Bahrain more than anybody else, right? When, when they need to know where the, uh, when they when they need to know where the gift shop is in the airport, they ask you, right? <laughs> yeah. Now we don't have mezuzahs in the gift shop yet, but that too shall come. And God willing, I'll be back in New York tomorrow. I have some wonderful material from my drasha from my sermon on Shabbos. I'll be in the Hamptons, and I invite all your listeners. Come out to the Hampton Synagogue. We would love to see you. It's quite an experience. I've been there. Thank you, Rabbi, and thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Rabbi Mark Schneier from Bahrain, president of the Foundation for Ethnic Understanding, Rabbi, of course, of the Hampton Synagogue, and somebody who's been to Bahrain, as I pointed out, most likely more than anybody else who's an outsider, uh, relatively an outsider uh, at this conference. Uh, Wednesday morning broadcast. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Ivdu with Mordechai Shapiro. It's Wednesday with 72 degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of 88. Good morning, everybody. Support our uh, J.M. in the A.M. Nahum Single Network Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting Fundraiser. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Feel free to, uh, feel free to, um, to go to that website, fjbunity.org, and uh, support our spring 20... 19 campaign, and I thank you for that. Matis is going to have a uh, few words about supporting this great radio effort coming up. He can be heard every single Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time with JM Sunday. Um, a drop early for Rabbi Goldwasser. His words, Zechonishmas are of Zebnerbis of Alevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basrabis of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Tehillim, Umearatzos Kibtsom, that Hashem gathers them from the lands, the east, the west, the north, and from the sea. Why is it that we are highlighting the idea that Hashem gathers us together? The Talmud in Rosh Hashanah says that we always seek to Hashem. However, the days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are especially auspicious for us to reach out and to seek Hashem. The Talmud says that actually one can seek out Hashem throughout the entire year. That applies to when a person is praying together with the tzibur, when we include ourselves together with the community. As it says, a person should always involve himself together with the tzibur. The Talmud in Brochus explains that one should always daven on behalf of the entire community. Why? Because when we include ourselves together with the community, we have an extra schus that our prayers are listened to. And that is why whenever an individual makes a mishaberach, a prayer for a person that is ill, chas we always say, besoch shar chole Yisrael. The Zerah Shimshon explains that one should always include their prayers together with the prayers of the tzibor then we can understand that we will have our Yeshua, we will have the salvation. That's why it says that Hashem gathers them. Hashem knows the miracles that happen on the four corners of the world, to Jews all over the world, to good people. And because of that, 
anyone in the same tzara who's experiencing the same type of challenge, their prayers are brought together, they're unified as one, and that makes the prayer all the more powerful. That's why Dovid HaMelech praises Hashem for gathering together the entire world, for gathering together from so many different places, so many different prayers, and considers them as one. The great tzaddik, Rabbi Chesko Levenstein, was once approached during the Yom Naroyim. The person said to him, Rabbi, I wish you a Shana Tova Masuka, a good and a sweet year. Rabbi Chesko said immediately, Please wish it for me, together with Achenu B'nai Yisrael. I want to be included in the entire community of Klal Yisrael. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Hey!
Lipa here with Kavodo. It's JM in the AM. Good morning, everybody. Well, first of all, before I uh, before I, um, I introduce Matis Wine Guest, let me first take this opportunity to thank the most recent donor to JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. That's listener Devora, uh, the entire Saban family in uh, in Israel. Uh, listen to Devora, a, a five times high donation in honor of JM and the AM and the JM and the AM team that's so dedicated day in and day out. Much continued Hatzlacha. I'd like to give a shout out to the Yad Binyamin Wolves and their coach for a terrific season and uh, ending it up with the Southern Championship. So we'll say Mazal Tov to the Wolves. <laughs> and as I introduced Matis, I asked him to join me for a few words as um, our spring fundraiser starts to wind down which it'll be doing in the next uh, week or so. And I asked him to join me just for a few encouraging words. And, of course, uh, Matis tells me off the air, which is, of course, his style, uh, that he has a uh, a milestone date that he wants to discuss, which we will in a moment. I want to remind everybody, Matis predates me at, at what is now known as JM and the AM. I'm here 35 years, proudly. He was a volunteer at the radio station where this all began back at WFMU even before I got there. So I'm not, ju- I'm not just speaking to uh, somebody who's a host here on the network. I'm speaking to somebody who has more seniority than I do. Matis Weingast, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. <laughs> Thank you for that. Any directives from uh, my senior colleague? <laughs> no, 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 just stick with it because you can't get out of it. Thank you. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. We should keep on going for another 35 years. Oh, for sure. Oh, every time I think about it, it's amazing. Uh, three and a half decades, simply remarkable. And you've been such an important part of it. Aside from what you do on the air here, uh, everyone remembers that uh, you have, you've really been the backbone of the fundraising effort for JM and the AM and the person who's been at my side all these years. And no matter what, even though we do things much differently now, people will always remember uh, the team of me in one seat and you behind the glass, <laughs> either commenting or rolling your eyes at my comments. <laughs> yeah, thank God the, those things have changed because of modern technology. That, that is but, one of the good things about progress. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you're correct. But the whole purpose of doing that was to raise funds to keep what you were doing going, and uh, that's the important part, however it's done. And now it's done very nicely, and it's it's so easy to do. And, of course, I encourage the listeners to uh, to do that. We're obviously talking to listeners right now. So, you know, if you hadn't had a chance, go online and make the contribution. And I would also like to ask the listeners to be ambassadors for the network and ambassadors for you, Nachum, to make sure you tell your friends about this wonderful gem of, of an organization, if you will, that is available to everybody anywhere around the world. You without know, exaggeration. I, you know, I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so glad you brought this up. And, of course, now I'm going to derail your whole uh, approach here, but you're, you'll be patient, I'm sure, as you have been for all these 35 years. Uh, last night, I'm at a wedding, and I just want to, I'm looking it up literally as um, as I speak, because I, I want to make sure to give the proper mazel tov. This was a, a wedding where I was the announcer, so I'm going mm. to take this opportunity um, to wish a mazel tov to both the Kolach and, um, and Helmreich families. Um, yes, the family of uh, Dr. William Helmreich. Um, this was an Englewood, West Side, Great Neck. It was really Englewood and Great Neck, but a lot of West Side sprinkled in. 
And it was a beautiful celebration. The reason I'm mentioning it is because a gentleman who I know for a while, his first name is Lenny, he came over to me at the wedding, literally during the Badekin, and, you know, said hello, and it was good to reunite, etc. And he said, I just want you to know something. I work with a lot of, um, of people who are finding their way to ritual Judaism. I work mm-hmm. with a lot of people who are on their way back, so to speak. And every one of them, I recommend, I say to them, the best way to become more and more familiar with our tradition and heritage is to listen every day to JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. And he gives the he gives all the information how to do it. And part of our audience, you just said a moment ago that you're you know, we're speaking obviously to a lot of listeners. Part of the audience are people who are who would never have this connection to, you know, to to our community, so to speak. And they get it every single day just by tuning in here. So that was you reminded me of that when you uh, when you brought that up. Well, you're a great unifier when it comes to something like this in many different ways. And the the basic way that you just talked about is is, uh, amazing, of course. And when people hear about different communities, even though it may not be their own community, they hear about, like you said, the Jewish culture, what's in the community. When you go down to Atlanta and talk about and visit all the places that you visited, for instance, and and brought that portion of uh, experience to lives of listeners from all over the world, it does have a sense of unity because it's like, wow, I can go to that place and feel comfortable. I can go and have a ritual experience at a shul in Venice and be comfortable. Uh, And it brings all that to our understanding of how unified we really can be. And, And you're able to do that. And having done it for 30-some-odd years, you know, it's amazing, and thank God you have done that. You alluded earlier to something I was going to mention about a, a milestone number. By the uh, way, before you tell me about the milestone, I want to add one thing. Yes. And again, you're used to this, <laughs> me interrupting you. Um, I, I also want to add that it's not just one can feel comfortable and get the impression that they would be comfortable in those places, but I also want to add that uh, that that we virtually are visiting those places for the listeners. I mean, someone who unfortunately can't be in Israel as often as we are, for instance, we're going again next month to broadcast from Israel. They they can tune in and feel a part of it and feel like they are there. Well, the old Walter Cronkite, right? You are there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they can feel a part of it. They can feel a, a you know that they are actually participating in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's also really important that it's not just. It, I mean, I don't want to minimize it. It's, it's it's the the unity and feeling part of it from far away that I could again, if I was there, you know, feel comfortable there. But in a way, they are there. In a way, they are actually participating actively by tuning in and letting us represent them in those places. Right. In this day and age, how many of us are in a field uh, of, of, of work, where of employment, where we're communicating with other people remotely, uh, where it's not just our, our local area that we're working with. <laughs> we're talking to people through many different uh, media, uh, instantaneously having conferences all over the place through by sitting you know, at home or at a desk and being able to talk to people around the world. You're doing the same thing. You're bringing those people in when you just did the Israel um, the parade oh, uh, a few weeks back, right. you, you, people listening to you. I was listening to the parade on your show, and I was. You know, sometimes I watched it. I didn't have a chance. I was doing some right. other things, but listening to it, hearing the excitement, hearing the interaction you have with all the schools, and there were not just schools from the local area. There were schools from other areas, right. and plenty of listeners couldn't come to the parade, even though they're from other areas. To hear the uh, the excitement, the 
that you conveyed and the whole team there conveyed. And that's what you do. Again, I, I talk about Atlanta. I talk about Houston when you went there. Not just, uh, let's say, in Houston to visit a place, but to bring strength and unity to that place from all the other places that you uh, are with. Yeah, that so, helps me. Uh, as you say, I'm, I'm thinking of our our drive to Pittsburgh literally after one of our yeah. JMN broadcasts back in October and uh, just how powerful that visit was and how many people really did feel like, hey, they were participating in the, in the in the love and the concern that we were expressing for our brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh. By the way, I really should, <laughs> again, I'm violating such a rule here that uh, <laughs> I'm not telling people how to give. Those who want to support our efforts, and we unabashedly, uh, unabashedly ask for support because it's one of our really uh, most important ways that we keep going as listener support. No, it's not a... Uh, it's not a. Um, uh, it's not to be minimized. How when we say listener sponsored, we mean it, and so many of our listeners are great supporters of ours. Go to fjbunity.org. Fjbunity.org. That's the easiest way. Uh, I've mentioned many times that those who feel who only feel comfortable doing this over the phone, like the old days, no problem. After nine a.m. this morning, you can call two one two five two nine four six twenty. As many people did last week when we announced that. Two one two five two nine four six twenty. You could speak to somebody in the studio, and they could take your information over the phone. And of course, we have an address: Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting at five five one Grand Street, uh, New York City one triple o two. That's five five one Grand Street, New York City one triple o two. If you feel you just don't want to speak to anybody or interact with anybody by computer, and you just want to send in a donation, it's Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting five five one Grand Street. Second floor, suite number three, New York City, one triple o two, and again uh, on the computer, as some have already done this morning, and many have done over the last few weeks. Fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. So, Matis, you say there's a a date that I need to know about? <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to touch on JM Sunday for a second. Sure. Yeah. Because according to uh, my calculations here, which usually are correct. <laughs> they're, uh, they're always close, right? They're, they're close, yeah. <laughs> this coming Sunday will be uh, the 350th JM Sunday. Unbelievable. Uh, if you do the math, that's almost seven years. Yeah. Unbel- yeah. Oh, that, that makes sense because Slichas Day, right? The first day of Slichas, I think you started, if I'm that's not mistaken. Right. That is correct. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. I love yeah. it. I absolutely and love it. It's enjoyable for me to do uh, and to have that continuity of doing the uh, the show. Uh, and it also brings together people, and I love hearing from people, and that's exciting, too. I was going to say, you, you said people can call it uh, you know, after 9 o'clock. There are people who listen to the archives of this show. Yeah, that's and, true. And they'll be able to um, go online or mail in uh, something. That's true. Um, and they, I would encourage people to do that. But for you, there is a major milestone coming up on July 9th, July which 9th. coincidentally is um, the Hebrew date of the rescue of Entebbe, the sixth of Tammuz. Hmm. And uh, if we could look at something that is uh, modern day, although it was in 1976, uh, of a um, of a uniting event. <laughs> That's true. In the Jewish world, it is the rescue of the hostages in Entebbe by uh, the Israeli um, Army and Air Force. Right. And uh, you know, a lot of people don't remember. A lot of people don't know about it in this generation, That's and right. uh, they should learn about it. But uh, on that date, July 9th, show number. Nine thousand. Wow. Show number nine thousand. Wow. 
which also makes sense in the terms of the number of years and you know, right. about what 250 or so shows a year. But that milestone uh, is is something to look at because you've been there the whole time and you've done this. And and uh, people should also support. And I'll say this unabashedly: they should should support the network and the team because of you. Uh, and that's important because it wouldn't be there because you. I wouldn't be doing the show if not for you. Uh, and what you give to the world is um, what we look at every day and listen to every day and appreciate every day. Oh, I really appreciate that. And and the nine thousand. This show has not always been three hours, but for the majority of the no. time, for the majority of the time, it has been. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about over twenty five thousand hours. Yeah. Wow, I'm just mulling this over for a moment. <laughs> 25,000 hours. What did I say? One becomes an expert at 10,000 hours, right? Oh, is that? I, I thought it was 12. But oh, okay. is it 12,000? Yeah. <laughs> so 25,000 hours. Unbelievable. And I still make mistakes pushing these buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell people who are just uh, entering the industry that radio is a minute to learn and a lifetime to master, like the game Othello. That's right. And I'm still mastering it. <laughs> One would one would think as I approach four decades that I I'd be given the master belt already, but no, right? Still on still on my way. But but you know, <laughs> by the way, with the ten thousand hours, yeah. I when we uh, in in Jewish law look to become a master of something, uh, we're told to repeat it a certain number of times, right. like only change you know right. Saint Bracha, Saint Talmata, you repeated what what is it a hundred times? We're told to repeat right. it. Correct. But there's something very interesting. I think it was. Uh, Oh, I forgot who said it, whether it was on the air with Rabbi Yudin or or someone else talked about the difference between a hundred, uh, no, I, no, I think it was in Dafyomi, a hundred times that you do something, it says somewhere that a hundred and one right. can't compare to a hundred. Right. And when you, when you read it and learn about it, there's a reason they, they look at that. I don't remember exactly what it is. I'm sorry. You can, listeners can look it up. But uh, they use gematria, they use whatever it is to show how there's, there's no comparison. That 101 is, in fact, more, one has more, it, they have more experience under their, much more experience under their belt at 101 than they did uh, did at 100. Correct. It's pretty Correct. funny. I mean, I've heard that since I'm a kid, but, yeah. you know, it's hard yeah. to believe, frankly, but it's a really, I guess it's true. I'll have to find it so we can, we can So what, hap- it. what happens when you go from 101 to 25,000? <laughs> uh, I think there's there's been nothing in Jewish history <laughs> Oh, by the way, you yeah. just, and I, I apologize, you just reminded me that um, as we're talking about different things that have been traditions over the years, uh, anybody who was on our mailing list received uh, this year uh, in commemoration of our fundraiser and our whole you know on-the-go attitude here, because that's the whole thing now. You can take us anywhere around the world, literally on your phone, and hear us 100% clearly, which is unbelievable. Uh-huh. Um, someone says to me the other day at a wedding, they said, what's the benefit now that you're all digital? I said, well, one benefit is you can actually hear us now. You know, know, if you're in great neck, you actually could tune in and hear the show clearly. And they said, yeah, I never thought of that. You know, you mean it's not crackling in my car? I said, no, you can get it in your car and it won't crackle at all. Uh, Sometimes I'll tell you, sometimes you have to overstate the obvious, but anyway, so um, so we gave away and uh, gifted to our listeners the uh, brand new Nahum Single Network car magnet, again, signifying that no matter where you're traveling in North America by car this summer, you should uh, slap the magnet on and have NSN on your phone and on yep. your Bluetooth. And, of course, the luggage tag, because uh, no matter where you're going around the world, we want everybody to 
promote NSN and proudly be an NSN member and to uh, you know have fun with our brand new luggage tag. Anybody out there who has donated, especially if you've donated obviously through fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and you haven't received those gifts for obvious reasons because you're not on our regular snail mail email, uh, snail mail list, uh, then just get in touch with us. Email nachum at nachumsegel.com, nachum at nachumsegel.com. We'll be more than happy uh, to send you both the magnet and the uh, luggage tag. And by the way, somebody from Israel asked us yesterday via email uh, for it. So what we're going to do is, and I hope this is okay, the second we land in Israel, which will be in a couple of weeks, we, will, we already have the envelope prepared. We're going to toss it into a mailbox in Israel nice. uh, just to make it a little easier. I figure that's the easiest way to do it. So uh, if that listener is tuned in, uh, they, they now know that we're on top of that. So if anybody out there wants the uh, gift, especially if you've been a donor already, um, then please just email Nachum at NachumSingle.com and we will make sure to set that aside for you. And what can I tell you? We're in the last few days, as I told Matis on the phone the other day, this year the um, the fundraiser is going to sneak a little bit into July, but still we're literally in the home stretch. And I hope everybody out there who has already given is patient with us as we try to get as much as possible from our listeners who have not yet donated. Uh, those who have not yet donated and who haven't become part of our sponsorship team, I ask you to please consider a donation Today we said the listener devourer just a few minutes ago gave five times high. There are people giving five times, ten times, twenty times. There are people giving a thousand, eighteen hundred. Obviously, there are people giving smaller amounts. Whatever it is that you can afford and want to set aside for us uh, to keep growing here. All I can tell you is all we will keep doing is more and more of what we are already doing. And I always use this line, or at least I have over the last twenty years or so since we became a proven commodity, and Matas knows where I'm going, yeah. and that is that we are, in fact, a proven commodity. When we say now, after 35 years, that we're simply going to continue to do what we've been doing and more, I think you could take our word for it at this point. <laughs> Three and a half decades, I think, you know, when we say someone will be here every morning, you know, barring, God forbid, some emergency, I think you could rely on that, that, you know, as we approach 9,000 shows, I wonder how many of those I did live. Aside from subs, I would assume I did at least, I don't know, 98% of those live, right? Right. At sure. least, if not more. Sure. So, so please, everybody. And, and and you know what's coming up, the summer days and the three weeks and the nine days, and we are here every single day. With appropriate every- programming. Correct. You can always listen to the network. What did we do last year on Tishabov? Because uh, Tishabov was a Sunday last year as well. I believe I had a JM Sunday. Amazing. Amazing. On Tishabov. Yeah. Amazing. It could be Hashanah Rabbah. It could be Purim. Right. It could be Tishabov. It could be the, the dead of summer, the dead of winter. It could be the most lively time of the year. It could be vacation week for, for every you know Jewish child in the Yeshiva League. Mm-hmm. It could be between school and camp and between camp and school. It could be Chola right. which which Matis and I have basically determined is now probably the most challenging two weeks of the year. In terms of reminding people, you know, because because people's schedules are so skewed, you know, sure. once they get into the holiday. Uh, it's going to be any of those days, and we are here. Right. You know, it's good we have these conversations about this. Sometimes <laughs> I, I myself forget why it's worth supporting us so much. And you know what? It's not just JM and the AM. Of course, that's the anchor show. Right. But it, right. it is all the programming on the network. When you have full days of programming and, and so many different guests, uh, so many different uh, hosts and their guests, and the information is it's diverse. If you like sports, you have it. If you if you like uh, philosophy, you have it. You know, it's everything, and that's that's part of what uh, supporting the foundation helps. 
because it really allows you to bring that whole thing together uh, and add that type of programming. So it's not nothing wrong with Jewish music, which is phenomenal. That's yeah. the best that started it, but keeps us not just that. It's yeah. it's all of this, and you hear things. You, you just had uh, Rabbi Schneier on. I mean, where can you hear him speak? Um, and at, by the way, and line. by the, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's not just Rabbi Schneier on from Bahrain, which is cool to have somebody you know who's actually witnessing the whole thing, right? But we get to ask him the questions that these listeners want to hear the answers to. Sure. No one else is discussing the minion in Bahrain this morning, <laughs> and nobody else is discussing this, the, the the you know the things that we spoke about from the really pro-Israel angle. You're not going to hear that from anybody else. So here you have comments from somebody who understands what this audience wants to hear and goes ahead and delivers. Right. Uh, a lot of great hosts, a lot of great guests, a lot of commitment, a lot of great live programming. Tomorrow is an awesome example of the live program. It just continues you know, through the morning until we hit the early part of the afternoon. I mean, Fridays, I don't have to tell you, Fridays are, you know, I mean, we, we see the metrics. Fridays is off the charts. By the way, I should mention JM Sunday with Matis. Not only is it, are we full of pride as Matis approaches 350 shows and, and again exhibits the dedication that goes on here at the network, but I see the metrics as do others, and just watching that show grow is unbelievable. Watching your show, Matis, grown popularity where where you know where the the bar would be set at a certain point <clears throat> a couple of years ago and if we exceeded that it would be amazing and now that bar is so much higher so yeah it becomes more and more of a challenge as we continue to try and build but it's so amazing to look back with such pride as all these shows continue to grow in popularity so please right. everybody out there Matis Wangas put it very well 9,000 JM in the AMs. God knows how many more uh, hours and shows of all the other shows on this amazing network over all these years. Uh, our our fundraiser is going to last only a few more days, a little bit into July, and then that will be it for this season until we literally ask those who did not give in 2019 to do so before the brand new year starts. So please, give as generously as you can. Support us. Become one of our amazing sponsors uh, I thank you in advance. It's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. If you could post it on your Facebook page, I'll, I'll, if you tag me, I'll share it, which will be really cool. Post it on your Facebook page, put it on your social media, send it to your email list if you're a believer in what we do. Um, that's, that's really all we could ask at this point, just help us spread the word. Uh, there are a lot of people, by the way, who don't get an opportunity to tune in on a regular basis. They only tune in once in a while, but if they would be reminded about giving, they would give because they understand the importance of the show. A lot of our supporters are people who, you know, it's not, it's not their, their their first priority to tune into a, to, to the show each day, and yet they understand how important it is. So if that's the category of people you speak to, let them know about it, and hopefully they'll respond as well. Uh, the link is very simple, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Uh, a little bit over an hour from now, you can call our number at 212-529-4620, and the address here is Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, uh, second floor, suite number three, New York City, 1002. Matis, I thank you so much. I thank you, Nachum Alendorf, by, by thanking you again for taking that call so many decades ago when you started on this um, endeavor. And uh, look where it's come, and look what it's become. It's amazing. It will continue, God willing, for many, many more decades to come. Amazing. And uh, we will continue to get listeners and uh, have the support of the listeners. And we appreciate that. That's the main thing. The listeners, the people we're talking to right now, 
are the ones that are benefiting the most from all that you do on the network, and it should be roundly supported. So thank you, Nachum, and uh, continued Hatzlacha. Thank you, Matajau. He's amazing. Matas wine guest on an amazing phone line, by the way. Did you notice that, folks? That may have been the, the clearest phone connection we've ever had in the last 35 years. Matas deserves that, and his words are clear. His uh, his plea is clear, and I hope you'll listen to what we're asking and um, and respond to what we're asking by being a supporter at fjbunity.org. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Jam in the AM. Wednesday morning. Seventy-two degrees, sunshine, and a high temperature of eighty-eight. We're in New York City, everybody, with a big, big hello to our friends up at Camp Missoura who are getting set for staff orientation. They're obviously tuned in to Jam in the AM. A big hello to Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Missoura on 
this Wednesday morning. Also want to thank Listener Devorah, as we said earlier, who's in Israel, one of our supporters here at um, JMM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Much appreciated, to say the least. And um, uh, those of you who are literally donating as we speak after our plea with the Matis, uh, we'll get to your um, uh, donations and uh, the thank yous in the next few minutes here at JMM, and I thank you very much for being our supporters of our spring fundraiser, which is coming to an end, um, a drop into July. Usually it ends July 1st. This year it's going to go a drop further, and I thank everybody for all of your support. Uh, well, Rabbi Tzvi Gluck is with us live via telephone, founder and director of Amudim. Um, he and his staff um, fortunately are there for our community to help uh, – to help teens and others who are going through very challenging situations and are considering very drastic measures. At the same time, unfortunately, he is uh, inundated, it seems, uh, at times with uh, challenging situations that have very sad endings, including a couple of which that he has posted on very recently, um, that he's posted about very recently, uh, on Facebook and social media. Rabbi Tzvi Gluck, founder and director of Amudim, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Uh, we will talk in a moment about the uh, incredible positive work that you're doing, and all of it is positive, but you know what I mean. Uh, but, but but again, um, uh, you're waking up today uh, to a similar uh, piece of news that you wrote about just a couple of days ago, and that is... Uh, uh, the tragedy when a young person in our community decides that uh, they can no longer go on. Let's put it that way. Um, I, this is a this may sound like a strange question. It might be an even more difficult answer. But uh, how do you adjust to these type of situations when you wake up in the morning and this is the news that you discover? So, I mean, first of all, I'm human, so it's obviously very, very sad and takes a big emotional toll. But I do want to. Just make one statement. It's not that the young people are deciding. Most often, it's actually um, accidental and something that is not a choice. Mm. I just want to clarify that. But uh, interesting, because obviously in our society, we we I mean, pe- people hear of of plenty who intentionally do things. But you're saying in the majority of your uh, of the situations that you. Uh, are consulted on it, they are essentially accidental. Um, yeah, I mean, sadly, I, I would say most um, overdose cases that we know about are accidental. There are certain common denominators, uh, such as, I'll just give you the uh, you know, physiological answer is, most of the time people have been sober for a certain amount of time, which means, and we've spoken about this before, that their yeah. body readjusts and uh, no longer has a tolerance level to the amount of drugs and substances that they had taken before they got clean. And then they have a speed bump in the road of life. Something goes wrong, whatever it may be, and they decide, you know, I just want to get high one more time. And they go back to the last dose that they remembered got them their desired high. And at this point, that becomes a fatal and deadly dose because their body can no longer tolerate what it is. And that's uh, what we've seen most of the time. Um, people listening to this wonder how prevalent these situations are. Parents who, thank God, don't have to face these situations wonder what would they, God forbid, need to do or what would they need to do if, God forbid, 
they were placed in a situation like this and became much more familiar with it. Is there a way to answer those questions for this audience? So, I mean, the real answer is um, there is no way to ever prepare for these situations. There's no way to, no, nobody ever can prepare a Shalom for a loved one turning to uh, severe alcoholism, drugs, or substance abuse. However, there are many, many skills that people can use, such as showing empathy, showing love, showing compassion, showing support when they do find out that somebody is going through a hard time and then starting to get them the help that they need. The, the number one thing that we see when people first find out is they are angry at their loved ones, which doesn't help the situation. I'm not saying they shouldn't be upset, right. but the anger gets in the way. And then all too often, because of the stigma associated, where nobody wants anybody to know that one of their loved ones have a problem, they either don't reach out for help to proper channels, or they don't get them proper help, or they don't know what to do, and therefore these problems get exacerbated. So I would say is, you know, as far as preparing that it shouldn't happen, it's all about education and awareness, which I'm going to say it, and I said it, and I'm going to say it again tonight at a speech that I'm giving about this. You know, our we have to start younger. You know, we have to start school-age children with education, obviously age-appropriate education, but with proper education about these things, the same way we teach our children safety about crossing a street and, you know, not going into someone's car they don't know or how to swim <clears throat> properly. You know, this is another area. I mean, Mendy Klein, all of a shalom, who uh, was the person that was the driving force behind starting Amudim, used the term magefa. And speaking to many others in the field, I mean, you know, yes, the last two weeks have been especially difficult with having six overdoses in a short amount of time. But I have to say that over the last few years, it's been one a week, sometimes more, but most people don't know about it. And then, you know, when I speak about it, people, either their reaction is they get very upset that I'm being insensitive to the families, which I'm really conscious of, and I would never want to cause pain to any family that's suffering. But I will say that from my recent posts, we have gotten many people that have reached out and said, can we get some help? So there's a certain, you know, proof to the pudding of awareness does bring about people getting the proper help that they need. Rabbi Tzvi Gluck is with us, founder of Amudim. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Mendy Klein and the word magefa, which essentially means plague. Uh, do the numbers bear it out? Uh, in, in our community, frankly, you know, one or two cases we might view as a plague for obvious reasons, and you know what I mean. But do the numbers bear it out that, that in fact, this is, this is plague-like in the way that it is uh, it, it, it is uh, infiltrating and, to an extent, dominating our community? So, you know, that's a very, very tough question. I mean, in the United States alone, uh, they just said, I was seeing last night, over 300 deaths a day because of opioid abuse. Right. Uh, you know, the firm community uh, doesn't, that I know of doesn't have people every day. But the simple answer I say is one is one too many, right. and we're far greater than one. So plague-like, you know, again, I mean, that's it's a very strong word. It's a word that we've used because, <clears throat> you know, it, it, people need to wake up and accept the reality that these things are happening and that not every, you know, I mean, every time somebody passes away, 
it was a heart attack, they didn't wake up, it was this, it was that. You know, there's always those stories as opposed to spelling it out, which, again, I don't blame the families. But right. I don't know. Let me tell you, if we've had within the Frum community in the United States six overdoses in less than two weeks, what would you think? Yeah. If I'm telling you that there's been one a week and sometimes more for the last three years consistently, I mean, you know, some, I mean, two years ago, I used to keep track of every single, you know, we kept a tally, and then I just stopped because it was just getting too painful. And I'm actually starting again because I think we just need to make sure people are aware. But two years ago, we had over 340 deaths in one year, I mean, that we knew about. And now, again, that's it. That's, that's from community, but not New York. You know, that was from all over. But still, these are crazy numbers. Right. When you say that, you mean including New York as well. All right, everybody. Svi Gluck is with us. Uh, we, we have to try to turn this conversation into as positive a message as possible, despite this this important and alarming news that you remind us about. Uh, you mentioned prevention, and you mentioned uh, you know showering our loved ones uh, with love, with affection, with um, with the the gestures that are necessary to let them know that we are there for them and care about them. Are there other things that you would discuss at a meeting like tonight when you would address the issue of prevention? So, you know, the issues, first of all, just to talk about the happy things, I have to say that Baruch Hashem, in less than five years, servicing, you know, close to 6,000 people or families, rather, that have needed help, you know, Baruch Hashem, myself and the staff, have seen tremendous bracha and aflaha. And we always say, we look at the wins, not the losses, right. to keep us going. So I just want to read you one quick uh, message that somebody sent sure. uh, when, I, when I put out that post a few days ago. He goes, Svi, I know people are clueless. You may not remember me, but I was heading to the grave real quick. Worse than some of the worst addicts. It was 1 o'clock in the morning when I reached out for help. You showed love first, then offered help. I've now been sober for a number of years, and it's thanks to people like you that I'm in the position to give back. I have three amazing children and a beautiful wife. I know you don't need to be told that and that the dead kids are enough to keep resolve, but I want you to know that my three amazing boys will never know how indebted they are to you and Amudim, that they have a sober, loving, living, and involved father. You guys are a partner. Sorry if this is a bit much. And with that, he sent me a picture of his children. So we talk about the happy things. Baruch Hashem, we do see happiness. As far as how to address it, again, I mean, number one, we have to understand that this is the realities of the world today. And we're not going to come up with all these stories that every drug addict became an addict because of this or because of that. And it doesn't really matter. It's that when we know that somebody is struggling or suffering, and it doesn't have to just be drugs. It could be mental illness. It could be abuse. It could be anything. We need to be able to show the person love, support, and compassion so that they see that we care, so we can start getting them the right help that they need. In addition, early detection, you know, people understanding signs, symptoms, you know, behavior changes, pattern changes, you know, noticing differences that were not the norm are easy ways to catch on to things early. Not 100%, but very often. Mm -hmm. So that's extremely important. <clears throat> Figuring out ways to get our yeshivas and schools involved. 
I mean, I know that every yeshiva likes to say that there's no issues by them and there's no problems. And, you know, I made a comment two summers ago that I said that I don't know a single high school in the United States that can say to me that there's zero drugs in the high school. And I said it about from schools. And I had principals in Russia yeshivas calling me, how do you make such a blatant comment? It's not true. Well, I'm going to make that comment again right now, right here. I don't know a single high school that can look me straight in the face and say there is zero drugs in our school. I don't. Now, I know the schools may not know it, but, you know, education, talking about it, discussing it, something that, you know, if we can take it mainstream, people will then feel easier to respond. Um, I mean, you saw the comments on Facebook, you know. Everybody just, you know, was saying, yes, the community has to change. What are they going to do? I mean, I'm going to say this straight. I've never once put out a comment or a post that said, you know, somebody passed away, support us so we can help more. I've never turned any of these into a fundraising thing. And this is not about Amudim, and I want to make that clear. But when I see comments from people and they're saying, yes, but what are we supposed to do? And we tried doing A and B and we couldn't afford it. Or the community probably needs more community centers to help. <clears throat> or other programs. Nothing to do with us, things that Ambudim doesn't even do. But unfortunately, from the philanthropic side, this is not an area that is very much concerned about by the people. And I hate to say it, but there's no names and highlights when people help addicts or help local organizations that deal with these issues or to, you know, assist. There's no, you know, glory in it. And unfortunately that makes it much more difficult because this is a field that has much, you know, less funding available. So most organizations, and I speak for literally probably all, I mean, I've been dealing with places in Lakewood and Passaic and the five towns and Baltimore, Baruch Hashem just opened up an organization, but there was the the yeshiva there that's been trying to help these kids that's been struggling. And it's, it's a common denominator in the whole industry that it is so difficult to be able to affect positive change when, you know, you're trying to build something by using a lemonade stand. And then you, again, I'm very happy that Tadaka in our community is being given like never before to so many amazing causes, but people just don't get, they don't understand. I mean, I say aim by it, aim by mace. Again, I, I want to be careful, but I could say within three degrees of separation, I've yet to meet someone who doesn't either have a family member or a close family friend or somebody that they grew up with that will not, that they don't know about something like this. I mean, this is the reality today. So, you know, educating our kids at younger ages, getting our schools more involved in addressing these issues, talking about it, education. I mean, education prevention is the key. You know, at the end of the day, we can try to help as many as we can and based on whatever limited resources we have. But if we can stop this or slow it down, if I can shut down Amudim and go back to getting a job in the private sector, I'll be very happy. i got to say it straight. The Are the majority – well, I mean, majority is tough because I don't know if anybody can, can keep track of the numbers, but are, are there, I assume there must be many, many, many – and I'm not limiting this to high school. I know there should be other schools also in touch with you. But I would assume there are many high school principals in – in the entire community, from right to left, left to right, that are in touch with you. Is that a good assumption or not? No, it's actually usually a, a Rebbe or a teacher that says, make sure the principal doesn't find out because then they'll throw the kid out, but what can we do to help? 
or now doesn't mean there aren't principles in touch, but I have to say the majority is that one caring Rebbe teacher, uh, you know, sports coach, you know, I've had school psychologists call me and say, I need help, but make sure nobody in the administration finds out. Wow. And that is still the running line. Wow. I mean, you know, so there's so much of this going on. Now, is it getting better? I want to be very clear. Yes, it's definitely getting better. But we are still light years away from where we need to be to truly be able to tackle this issue. All right, Svi Gluck is on the front lines with his uh, staff and volunteers at Amudim trying to make a big difference and trying to uh, stem the tide of what is one of the great ills of our society, and that is uh, addiction, and in so many different uh, ways and arenas and methods, uh, and it is affecting our children, everybody, as you heard her by Gluck say, just like it's affecting uh, neighborhoods and communities around the country. We are no different. You can support the work of Amudim by going to their website. They have a donate button right there at the top of the page, amudim.org. You can also uh, speak with them by telephone at 646-517-0222, 646-517-0222. I don't know if it's a private event or not. Can you tell us where you're oh, speaking? Can you tell us where yeah, you're so speaking? I tell was us? just going to say that. So actually, this event was scheduled, you know, a month ago before this whole rash of incidents. And by the way, we welcome any community. We do not charge money for awareness events. I want to make that very clear. We don't charge money for our services, and we don't charge money for awareness events. But we are doing an event tonight. Uh, at 8 Chaim of Flatbush, 1649 East 13th Street, starting at 7 p.m., which will include speeches by one of our case managers, who is a KSAC, uh, Rabbi Moshe Frankel, about warning signs and clinical process to recovery. Rabbi Yisrael Grossberg is going to speak. He's the principal of the North Chaya Academy about education and prevention. I'm going to be speaking, and then we're going to be having a Narcan training and distribution, all for free. People can come; they get Narcan at no cost. And that's a key. That's, that's a key element in stopping, uh, over, helping those who are overdosing. Correct? Absolutely. Narcan is the uh, role, uh, the um, reversal agent for opioid overdoses, right. which brings people back to life. And we know of many, many that have done so. But it is tonight at seven o'clock. This event is in partnership with Congregation Eight Chaim. So, Rabbi Tzvi Gluck, you're telling me that any principal or teacher, anybody from any school or any parent association that contacts you oh, now or this week, whenever, if they want to arrange something for the beginning of the school year, you are more than happy to go there for free and do an awareness event for them. Well, let me be careful. Yes, it's all for free unless we have to travel to get there. Got and at it. that point, they got to cover the cost of travel. I just want to... Well, right, right now, right now, I was thinking of our local people, but I'm saying, but yes, literally, they, all they need, all they school. need, all they need to do is call you. That's it. <laughs> they have to call the office, or they can email events at amudim.org, and we will set up. We do trainings for staff. We do trainings for teachers. We do education programs with students, all at zero cost. All right, uh, amudim.org. We encourage the listeners to support them. We encourage schools and other uh, organizations, appropriate organizations, to get behind these types of events and uh, let Rabbi Gluck and his staff uh, run these awareness programs. And uh, we encourage you to be in touch with them by dialing 646-517-0222 or going to the website at amudim.org. It's been a very difficult week uh, for those of you who follow uh, Rabbi Gluck and his uh, social media posts. It has been a tough week for the community, but as we've learned this morning, 
Uh, there are many weeks like this, unfortunately, and we've got to put a stop to it. Uh, Reb Tzvi Gluck, I thank you. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you very much for the opportunity and for helping us uh, spread awareness. Hashem should bless you and your family with only good things. Amen. Yeshikach to you. 23 minutes after 8 o'clock. More coming up. It's JM in the AM as we continue on this Wednesday morning edition. Um, this is Ohad from his Bishat Tova album at JM in the AM. <laughs>
J.M. and the M. on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, oh, boy. I want to thank those who are uh, donating to our uh, fundraiser. FJBUnity.org. FJBUnity.org. Big thank you to listener uh, Helen, who says, Thanks for great programming. Would love to catch up with you in Yerushalayim. Thank you, Helen. Nothing like getting a contribution from Jerusalem. Thank you to Michael Leff, a $100 donation in honor of their newest great niece, Yehudis, and in honor of uh, all of his uh, children and grandchildren. Thank you, Michael, from all of us here at JMNAM. Those of you who are 
inclined to support us during our spring fundraiser, you could do so right now by going to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Oh, I told Miriam Wallach yesterday there's a donation that came in that I got to mention on the air when she's on the air because it's just it was just too funny, um, the reference that this donation is about. So I'm going to save this till... Uh, Till she checks in with us and um, and thank the uh, appropriate donor. Um, check out our community calendar online for uh, events that are happening in our community. And if you want to post an event to our community calendar, just simply toss your event into an email, uh, the flyer, whatever, and send it to Avrami, AF at NahumSiegel.com. Again, that's AF at NahumSiegel.com. And he'll make sure to uh, post it appropriately. Simcha Liner had Medley E off the Project Relax Israeli edition. Ohad with Avinu from the brand new album Bishah Tova. And now, Sandy Shmueli. He's got a brand new single out there from his upcoming album. Uh, Manginat Chayai Acharon is the name of it. Here it is for you on a Wednesday at JM in the AM. שירי אני עשיר, זוהי מנגינת חיי, עד יומי האחרון, זוהי מנגינת חיי, ואני בתוך מסע, והדרך ארוכה, אלא לא נודע
כשישנת גם כשקמת עם אנשים לא מאמינים בו והחושים עוד אוחזים בו חלום שעוד יקום ויתגשם כשזה יקרה אתה תהיה חזק ושלם אף את הרצון, את כוח הדמיון תגיע לחזון הגדול אם אתה נופל אז קום J.M. in the A.M. Dovi Shapiro with that selection here at J.M. in the A.M. Um, just, got a, uh, just got a note from uh, Tzvi Glock. He sent me the information for tonight. Here's how it goes, everybody. If you're in the Brooklyn area, take advantage. Eitz Chaim and Amudim invite the community to join an evening of awareness and education on substance abuse and addiction. What we need to know and what we should be doing better. It's happening at 8th Chaim of Flatbush, 1649 East 13th Street between P and Quentin, starting at 7 p.m. tonight. 8th Chaim of Flatbush, 1649 East 13th Street between P and Quentin. In addition to Tzvi Glock, uh, Rabbi Simcha Silverman, Moshe Frankel, Rabbi Grossberg, uh, Gavi Leibowitz, all uh, are going to be participating, plus there'll be a Q&A. So again, it's tonight at 7, 1649 East 13th Street in Brooklyn, New York. Um, all right. Hmm. 
That's happening tonight. Uh, other items in our community calendar. First of all, I think today is the day that Rabbi Goldstein from Poway, California, speaks to the United Nations. That's pretty cool. After surviving the shooting attack in San Diego, Rabbi Goldstein will address the UN on rising anti-Semitism. That is a uh, a good representative. Speaking of California, Mazal Tov to the uh, Sgan Koanim and Ganuni families. That's right, cousin Moshe's. Uh, wedding, or I should say his family's wedding is tonight. Mazal tov to Sarah and to Yehuda Elisha. Again, the Skan Koanim and Ganuni families, they are uh, having their big celebration in Tarzana, California tonight. And believe me, I wish I could be there. I thought for a minute, uh, a week or two ago, I might be there. So Mazal tov to the Skan Koanim and Ganuni families, to Sarah and uh, Yehuda Elisha, and of course the cousin Moshe and the whole family from all of us here at the JM and the AM. And tonight, Ohel Lifetime Care presents in Farakaway a caregiver's primer, legal, financial, and emotional challenges. It's happening in Farakaway at 7.30 p.m. at the Kleiman Family Ohel Regional Family Center on Beach, 9th Street. There's no charge for information, 800-603-OHEL, 800-603-OHEL. Matt Dubb, Barry Weber and company with this song, called AFO at JM in the AM.
Isaac Honig with Kyle here at JM in the AM. Good selection. Wednesday morning broadcast. Thanks for joining us. Those of you who are uh, donating at fjbunity.org, I thank you. fjbunity.org to keep the Nahum Single Network going for yet another year. And uh, remember, after 9 o'clock this morning, if you want to... Uh, uh, if you want to take care of your don- your donation by phone, it's 212-529-4620. You could also utilize our uh, regular mail address of uh, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street. Uh, second floor, New York, New York, 1002. Uh, simple as that. Uh, plenty more tomorrow at JMNAM. And, of course, coming up, we have uh, a bite size with Yoni Pollock. Um, that is happening coming up uh, next here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And on uh, today's edition of, uh, of A Bite Size, Yoni presents great music, plus my uh, interview with the uh, Tova in Israel's Tova Heller, plus Fun in Jerusalem's Joanna Shepson's interview with Caroline Shapiro, Director of International PR and Strategic Communications at the Tower of David. It's all coming up part of Bite Size with Yoni Pollock here at the Nahum Segal Network. Literally coming up next. Our community with the United Task Force happens at 10 a.m. Director of Operations for Nachas Health Net and Family Network. Uh, Fermi Sisner and DeRazi Horowitz, uh, the senior coordinator, will both be part of it. And uh, don't forget, a live lunch encore with Avrami happens at 11 a.m., Charlie Bernhout tonight at the 7 p.m. with uh, an hour of Jewish soul. It's all part of our amazing lineup right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Also, I mentioned that we have a community calendar online. In fact, anything you want to uh, post the community calendar, just simply send to Avrami, af at nahumsegel.com, af at nahumsegel.com. The July 4th Bone Olam online auction is up there. Uh, the Briss of Rum presentation on July the 8th is up there for Hillside, New Jersey, uh, the Real Estate Summit at the Diker Beach Golf Course is up there for the 9th of July. The NCSY Shabbos of Inspiration up at Camp Marashah is up there for August. A lot happening at the community calendar. Go to the NahumSiegel.com website. Click on community calendar. You'll see exactly what I am talking about. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com. On the Nahum Single Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMNAM. My thanks to Rabbi Schneier for calling in from Bahrain. My thanks to Rabbi Tzvi Gluck of Amudim. My thanks to Matis who helped us fundraise for our fjbunity.org site. And those of you who haven't given yet, use that site today and recommend it to your friends, fjbunity.org, to give and support JMNAM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Yoni Pollock is next. Bite size here on NSN. Till tomorrow, Nahum Single reminding you remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.